Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Excellent. How about yourself? I'm excellent. I'm excellent because uh, even though the topic we're about to bring up is uh, kind of a sore subject in the city of Cincinnati, we got, we've got we got somebody very near and dear to our heart. Uh, you've heard him on 700 WLW, previously read his work at LockedOnBangles.com, and of course you've seen him perform as a founding member of Debonair. He is our Bengals expert, Mr. Andre Edwards. Andre, how are you? <laughs> I'm... Uh... I'm doing much better than the Bengals are. How about that? Boy, there ain't no doubt about that. I think we're all that's, doing better that's than that. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that doesn't take much these days. No, it doesn't. All right, so before we get into talking about these Bengals, which is something that, uh, you know, we we've, we were going to come – you were going to come on every four weeks or, or so. <laughs> and we've kind of made the decision that – Maybe uh, maybe we wait till the bye week and try it that way. So I think yeah. this this might work out because it's been a rough one. Uh, but before we get into it, man, I got to know how are you feeling? I heard you had a had a little bit of an accident. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, uh, you hear the phrase like, "Man, I feel like I've been hit by a, a truck." Yeah. Um, I can actually say I feel like I've been hit by a semi oh, and wow. a mini, and and a minivan. And a car. <laughs> oh my God! Jesus, Pete's dude, what did you do? Yeah, long, long, long story. Man. Okay, okay, um, I got you. Lots, <laughs> of cra- lots of craziness involved, but ultimately, um, I am happy and blessed and excited to be here with the two of you today. Everybody's so. okay. You're okay. Everybody walked away from yeah. it, right? Correct. All right. That's that's Good. that's the that's what the the best part about it, and. Uh, so let's go ahead and get this. Let's get this over with, as they say. Uh, good. <laughs> so we, we obviously don't really, I mean, I don't know how much there is to talk about this Bengals team when it comes to the on-field play because it's just bad all around. There, there's, I can't yep. think of a single position that has looked good, including the running back, which is only the only real feature that I thought we would have uh, after about week two when I realized how bad this team was going to be. But even even the running back position has been rough. So let's Man. talk about AJ Green. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that because you know AJ is coming back this week, boys. He's gonna play. <laughs> oh, is that, oh, is that I, right? Wait, I listened to the press conference on Wednesday, and our coach said, Zach Taylor. He said, "Hey, AJ Green, we have a plan. He's gonna play." I feel super. What? I'm sorry. What? What did you say? He, he's not. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm a uh, uh, new update, boys. Um, AJ Green is not playing, <laughs> and he's actually going to be out indefinitely. We don't know if he's ever playing again. Right? Yeah. Let's be. Let's, never again. let's be maybe honest. never again. Okay. Yeah. Maybe never again. Yeah. Right. Is right. he ever going to play for the another game for the Bengals? Um. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, from a leverage perspective, the Bengals hold the leverage, right? Because they've never franchised him before. And ultimately, you know, he did say in an interview that he would not hold out if he was franchise tag. Sure. He said he would not be happy about it. And 
He made it he very clear. Say, you know, either sign me long term or just let me go. But he also said if they were to franchise tag me, that he would not go away. So then you're just dealing with a really, really, really pissed off AJ Green, which will be a interesting sight to see. Like, would he just be like, would he go all Jalen Ramsey every week? Which might be kind of cool to see. I don't know. But, I mean, it, um, it makes some, make things a little more interesting than what we deal with right now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, again, ultimately the Bengals hold the the uh, the ultimate trump card of the franchise tag. But uh, I think if they don't get a long-term deal done, that this thing ends really, really poorly. Okay, say in, say in four weeks, he's cleared to play. He goes through the individual workouts that he had the little setback with uh, the other day, and he's fine, no <laughs> swelling, whatever. He's cleared to play. Does it make sense to just go ahead and keep him out, or do you let him come back and you know get some reps in you know game situations? I think ultimately I leave it up to AJ, um, really? because if he's if he's a hundred percent healthy, right? So yeah. I'm not saying hey, there's some lingering this or there's some doubt that or any of that. He's a hundred percent healthy, and let's say we are Owen twelve at that point in time, and you know, yeah, clearly there's there's no point to play him this week. When you're 0-8, there's no point in playing him. What are you going to do, end up 8-8 eight and eight and still miss the playoffs? Like, there's no point. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to play him in week 9, what's the difference between playing him in week 9 or week 13? Ultimately, you want to see, does, is he still AJ? Can he do the things that you think AJ can do? And I kind of feel like that's what he's doing now. Like, I don't need to play eight games to show you that I'm still AJ Green, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of lowballing me, which is, I don't have any, you know, I don't, I don't have this on anybody's authority, but knowing what I know about the Bengals and how they operate and how far apart the two sides are in the negotiation, AJ wants to be paid like a top five wide receiver. The Bengals are like, you've been hurt for the last two or three years. So, you know, we're going to try and pay you less than what you believe you're worth. So do I need to show you that over eight games or can I be, you know, AJ Green over the last four games, three games, two games, show you what I can do, you know, 10 catches, 210 yards, couple touchdowns. Cool. That's all I needed. Yep. I told you who I was. Now pay me. Right. Now, see, here's my thing, though. I think I think this all comes down to the Bengals. What the Bengals want to do, if they, if they believe that their best bet is to trade AJ Green, then they need him back as soon as they can. But if then they're they just going to franchise him already, though. they they should have traded him. Oh no, already. no, no. If, okay, if, that's that's a hundred percent clear. They should have done the same thing with yeah. Dalton. That if they Correct. could get something, they should have got rid of these guys beforehand. Can't do that now. That you're not going to be able to do it till the season's over. But you'd have to franchise tag him first. Correct. Yep. Before you'd Correct. be able to trade him after that. So, Correct. so if they want other teams to be able to have a look at this guy and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe we do want him. You know, maybe this guy still is the AJ Green that we're that we're looking at. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's the best key for the Bengals is to get him back as soon as possible. However, if they really think that they're just going to franchise tag him and then work a deal out next year, then no. Why in God's name would you ever put that guy back on the field this year? Makes no sense. So 
you're going to pay him the average of the top, hypothetically speaking, you know, three to five wide receivers in the league, and you don't know if he's I, the OJ Green do, that you think he is. Do you, well, is there a, what what reason besides besides the injuries do you have that have you seen that would say that he's not? Every time he has but played me, and been but, there, he has. But to me, that is that's the exact reason why we are where we are, right? Right. I no, mean the right. the, the injuries yeah. the injuries are the reason why AJ Green hasn't signed the deal and isn't signed long term. He doesn't, you know, hurt his ankle and need surgery at the beginning of the season. The tradition of the Bengals is the week before or right before the season starts, they sign a, a superstar or two, a la Carlos Dunlap, a la uh Geno Atkins the last year or two. Um and that's kind of what they do. But because of the ankle industry, uh, injury and because AJ said, hey, let's put these negotiations on hold until I'm healthy and ready to go, that throws a monkey wrench in the entire plan altogether. Hmm. The uh, You guys just talked about it. He should have been traded probably if they were going to if they're not going to keep him or if they're not sure they're going to keep him. He could have been traded. Dalton could have been traded. At the trade deadline, that came and went. Obviously, the Bengals made no moves. Um, they There were several reports from a bunch of different executives that have talked about the Bengals are not – you can't work with them at the trade deadline. They just – they it's like speaking a totally different language. Talking to um, a brick wall. Yeah. It, it, or, or their entire oh my gosh. Um, administrative team was in Switzerland. How is this? How how does this make sense? Tell me how this makes sense. So they say, okay, okay, the, uh, Mike Brown is no longer doesn't have as much to do with the day to day operation of the team. We're handing this to Katie and what's her husband's name? Troy. Troy. Katie and Troy are going to start doing that. So the most important week in the season for an O and seven O and eight team, you go to the Swiss Alps to go skiing. Tell me yeah, how that I'm makes any team. sense. I'm on vacation, dog. I'm on vacation. <laughs> I mean, people are trying to call him and they get an away message. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's all about work life balance, boys. Yeah. Work life balance. All right. Yeah, the Bengals got to like figure it out. We all search buddy. for it in our jobs every day. It's about work life balance. You, Mike Brown, and all the, all the other millennials. Talking about your work work life balance. That's, life. A, that's what I, I need. It. I gotta have it, there man. I go. gotta have it. Oh my god! Um, I yeah. hope they go. I hope they go on vacation during the draft. <laughs> so, just to touch on that for a second, like you, this is a rudderless ship at this point, yeah. as far as the Bengals are concerned, because you aren't committed to the folks who have led you to this point because you would have signed AJ green long-term. You would not have sat Andy Dalton for a fourth round rookie quarterback. Um, you know, you wouldn't have started a rookie wide receiver over a couple of other dudes. You could have, there are, there are so many things that you could have done from a, Hey, we're in a win now mode or mm -hmm. at the trade deadline. Hey man, Obviously, this isn't going the way that we thought. And by the time our window really, really, truly opens again, that's going to be another year, two, maybe even three years from now. Look at the aging veterans on this team. 
Is Carlos Dunlap going to be here in three no. years? Is Gino, Gino Atkins, Atkins going to no. be here in three years? No. You know, um, why do we? Why Andy are Dalton, they here now? Tyler, Tyler Eifert. Like there are there are a list of names of guys who could get you returned, especially in a year when you don't have any compensatory picks coming. So you only have seven draft picks, and you've got, I don't know, fifteen holes that you need to fill. You clearly don't have enough ammunition to fill those holes. You don't do free agency. So how do you plan on filling these holes and really being in contention if you're not willing to get rid of assets that won't be viable assets by the time your window opens to compete again? Look, man, you're you're you know, I feel like it's almost uh, I feel like it's almost what do you call preaching to the choir, right? Like, sure. It's how is something so obvious to every regular fan to every uh nfl uh insider to every uh espn whatever to, to any person except for the people that are making the moves on the team we went through a span in in the mid 2000 early to mid 2000s uh, into two up to 2000 what 15 where it was fun to be a Bengals fan how yeah. how did that uh, and they did that by having a young core, bringing them up, making moves consistently. This, what's going on right now? I don't even know. You, it doesn't even make sense what they're doing. They're not. They're not dumping people trying to get draft picks. They're not. It, they're just not trying to win at all. They don't care about anything. I don't think they care. It, if you're going to win in the NFL, you need to have a relentless pursuit of excellence relentless right every single year at every opportunity you need to be pursuing success and the Bengals just don't do that and they don't seem to care at all and that's probably the most frustrating part about being a fan of this team being an insider for this team being anybody who is even remotely attached to this team is you just like you just don't display the 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 fortitude and the drive to be good and i don't i don't get it i don't understand it i've i've said there are three ways to build a team right a successful team in the nfl you got free agency you got the draft and you have trades the bengal's have handcuffed themselves in two of the three of those ways Right. So they don't do free agency. They don't really make trades. And the only way they try to build a team is through the draft. And recently they haven't done that that well. So you're just completely handcuffed in what you do. What is Duke Tobin's job? What does he actually do? He's the player person or uh uh, player development, player personnel, director, director, player something. Player player. So he's not the GM, know. right? He's not the he GM. He is. He is. He is the quote unquote de facto GM without the title, because ultimately Mike Brown and his family makes those decisions. So it's not like it would be me owning the team, handing it over to the two of you, and saying, "Hey, you guys run the football portion." Yeah, you need to check with me a little bit on money spend and whatever, but you are my football guys. You guys handle that. The Brown family doesn't do that. Right. I hired the two of you, 
I say you do the football stuff, but I'm going to need you to run it by me. And if I don't like it, we're not doing it. And, you know, if I want you to do something else, then that's what we're doing. And if I think you should try this defensive lineman at tight end, that's what we're doing. And, you know, so <laughs> just things of that nature are how the hey, we're getting there, run. man. Mike Brown's <laughs> falling do. asleep during games. He's going to be telling yeah. them all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. And you know, you know your boy Zach Taylor. He, he, I feel like I don't know that he can say no to anybody. He seems just like a yes man, coach yeah. at this point in time right now. I, I feel like bad he seems for like him. a really cool guy. I mean, not some people are like, man, I feel really sorry for Zach Taylor yeah, and whatever. I, do. I don't. I don't. You knew what you signed up for when you came here, man. Yeah, like but that, you know, I don't know what kind of that, promises and stuff like that to get made it, behind closed doors. I don't think that, it matters. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Know. You should I already know. You should already. You saw what Marvin Lewis went through for 16 years here. Like you even were in Cincinnati and coached here for a year or two, yeah. so you were super close to what's happening. Yeah, you made a decision on top of that to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and be a part of that organization." And be the face of it. Because you know Duke Tobin doesn't talk during the season. You know Mike Brown doesn't talk during the season. You are going to be the face of the organization all season long. So whether we're 8-0 and or 0-8, and it's on you. So and you signed up for that. I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm okay. I mean, yeah. I still do. I still feel <laughs> sorry for him. <laughs> I, I, you know who I kind of feel sorry for is Andy Dalton. Um, it, Why? He, he, listen, I he didn't. I feel he, bad he that he didn't get traded. He with, hasn't played well, nope. but he's also actually. I'll just let it's I'll, the I'll, I'll let, worst offensive line. I'll let yeah. I'll let Andre break this down have. for me. Um, Andre, you know that was kind of the big deal after week eight, um, after their loss. That you know they they said Ryan Finley was going to take over at quarterback moving forward. On Andy Dalton's birthday, by the way. On Andy Dalton's <laughs> birthday. I mean, not happy 31st birthday, birthday brother. to you. That's cold, by the way. You don't have a like, job. I feel, like that's a, I feel like that's a pretty good present, right? Everybody says the best yeah. gig in the NFL is to be the backup quarterback. Happy birthday. Board, you now have the best gig. Not only that, but you're getting paid better than the number one quarterback, <laughs> yeah. too. Correct. E- except Andy Dalton was uh, – outwardly not happy about that and that's really the kind of the first time we've really seen something like that where he kind of speaks his mind and he you know basically said i'm looking forward to the off season to see what happens uh you know here and and what's gonna happen for me maybe after this um he wants to be traded i mean he said it he said he said i don't understand it so 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 then first of all let's talk is Ryan Finley going to make any difference at all? No. What's he going to – he might be a little faster. No. So he might be able to no, run I mean, run away from the defenders a little faster. Physically speaking, he's, he's probably a slightly better athlete than Andy Dalton is. He's younger, so that, that helps. Um, you know, his pocket awareness, at least in the preseason games, playing against me – you and a bunch of dudes now selling car insurance. Yeah, the yeah. Thanksgiving um, football crew. You know, exactly. Like those <laughs> coming dudes, up, by the way. He looked, he looked really good. Like he he did. And I'm not taking that away from him. Um, but any advantages that he had physically um are going to be taken away by the fact that Andy Dolan's been playing in the NFL for eight and a half years. 
and has seen pretty much everything and knows how to make adjustments and where, you know, Andy drops back and he hits that, you know, third step and is ready to fire, fire the ball. Ryan Finley goes, oh, crap, was I supposed to throw that to this dude or was that the bam? Yeah, the right. problem is now, yeah, you don't even have time yeah. to get to your third step. You better be throwing it before right. you get to yeah. your second. <laughs> That's right. Right. And you better already know where you're going and all of those things. And, you know, to it's gonna be come a whole out lot of, of Joe Mixon. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure. But is that really going to help? I mean, like, the front line can't make a hole for anybody. You take you take Joe Mixon, who led the AFC and was the fourth leading running back in the entire league last year. And is on pace for like I want to say somewhere around like seven or eight hundred yards this season, like just Man. insane. I think actually I think that's the running game as a whole is on pace for like seven or eight hundred yards this season. That's it's just terrible. insane, absolutely insane. So, um, so I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, no, it's just it's just a mess. Yeah. So so what does the quarterback position look like next year for this team? That's my so. But before you answer that. Tell me if I'm wrong, but 3.30 on Saturday is the biggest game in yeah. Cincinnati, right? Am I wrong yeah. about that? Everybody is no, going to be right. – everybody in Cincinnati should be watching be that football glued, game. glued to the TV, son. I'm not even a big college football guy, yeah. but I can tell you right now, especially if Tua is healthy, I will be glued to the TV to watch the uh, Tua Burrow Bowl on saturday no I, question about it. i love this i i absolutely love this i feel like we are getting to see our quarterback for next year and getting to see him against the dolphins quarterback for next year <laughs> i don't know who's getting who but this is like the Bengals and the dolphins little preview for us but really is, no. it, is it is it one of those two guys or is it another college guy do you think they're definitely going after with the with their first pick a quarterback to, to replace, to, to be the quarterback for the next 10 years or however many? So my personal take is they moved up this past draft to, t- to take Ryan Finley because they thought they were going to p- compete right now. And they needed a quarterback who they thought they could depend on in Ryan Finley that, hey, if, if Andy Dalton goes down for a quarter, a game, a couple of games, this kid can get us where we need to be you know, until Andy Dalton comes back. And that's why they moved up to draft him. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to be the quarterback of the future, but we need a strong, solid, you know, backup quarterback to carry us in those times. I mean, think a la Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, right? Yep. If they had a terrible backup quarterback, they would be out of the playoff race at this point in time, would have gone 0-5, and it didn't matter if Drew Brees came back or not. But instead, Teddy held him in, and that's what, to me, Ryan Finley is is looked at for the future. I'll so just, he was drafted sure. as a backup quarterback. So right. let's I, he make can sure still be that. that dude. Yeah, let's make sure he's that dude over the next eight games, and make sure we don't need a second, you know, or, mm-hmm. or a different backup quarterback. Yeah, and we're good. But I think if the Bengals draft in the top two, as it looks as if they're going to do, I think they take either Tua or Burrow. So is Hurts out from of it? Jalen's out of it then. From a from a. Andre, yeah. Desire standpoint, man, give me Jalen Hurts. Look at, look at Lamar Jackson. Look at Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Look at, um, you know, all these mobile 
I'm not saying running quarterbacks. I'm saying mobile. Okay, well, well, Lamar Jackson's right? a running quarterback. <laughs> yeah, well, but Watson is mobile. A, he was almost a running back. Yes, as far as college was concerned. But to his credit, Lamar Jackson has be, has developed the passing part of his game far more than anyone ever expected that he would. Certainly, and and so you know, you give me a dude who's somewhere between. Lamar Jackson coming out of college and Deshaun Watson coming out of college, that's Jalen Hurts to me. Okay, He's got, I agree with that. But is that not right? Tua as well? Sure, sure. But I think I think Bigger that, arm? Yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts is, one, a better athlete than Tua is. He's a bigger body. He's 6'2", 6'3", whereas Tua comes in at just over six foot. Um, you know, I, I just think – one of the knocks against Tua is, you know, he, he's playing with NFL caliber talent all the time, every time. His defense is caliber all the time, every time. He's probably got a better Tua. offensive line right now than the Bengals all have. The time, every time, right? So give me, give me a Jalen Hurts who is, you know, again, built in that Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson mold of a quarterback. Now, do you have the, the the biggest question then would be do you have the coaching staff to be able to coach that and that's where I, I would shy away from Hertz and lean more towards a tour or a borough just because I, I don't know that the offensive minds that we have in place right now would be able to genuinely embrace and utilize a Hertz to the best of his ability. Why is Tua Tungavailoa not have an N in his last name? Shouldn't there be an N in there somewhere? It's Tua Tunga. Everybody calls him Tua Tunga Vailoa, right? I feel like there should be an N in there somewhere, like Tunga, somewhere, T-U-N, somewhere. Not T A G. Probably also the fact that we're just super lazy Americans and are like, that's a really long last name. So let's just start throwing things around. Yeah, we just be two. He, two is good. Two is good. Uh, yeah, exactly. So between Tua and Joe Burrow, then. Do you have a favorite between the two of them? Obviously, Hertz is your guy. You really like him. But between the two of those guys, do you see a better fit between one of those two uh, coming into – I mean, I shouldn't say coming into this system. Hopefully, we have our number one pick from last year uh, on right. the offensive line. There's help there. Maybe they do right. something else, uh, get, a, get another guy in the second round. Uh, or maybe even move up into the uh, middle or lower part of the first round, try to get another offensive lineman, because that's obviously the biggest part of what this team needs, especially with a rookie with a rookie uh, quarterback that we all imagine will be starting next year. Who fits better into a system, do you think, between the Burrow or Tua? To me, at this point, it's got to be Burrow. Um, he's a He's a bigger body he's a more sturdy body he is built more like uh jared goff which mm-hmm. is where obviously uh zach taylor you know kind of cut his teeth as a quarterback's coach slash uh you know helping with the offensive coordinator uh passing game i should say uh coordinator piece of things um i just think that with the system that zach likes to run uh burrow is the better of the two of the two fits and he's more he's more of your pocket you know stand tall in the pocket uh hit hit your short intermediate and and deep ball uh passes um but he also is mobile enough to to make a dude or two miss and and keep plays alive so 
my my biggest concern with Tua is just the the injury factor, and he's just he's a more slightly built quarterback from the standpoint. I think he's like six foot two fifteen to twenty two twenty somewhere in there. Yeah. Just not a very big guy. Um, and if you're gonna have an offensive line that is either like it is today and or throwing in a couple rookies, I have to be able to uh, withstand some hits back there. So. Um, right now, and again, Saturday will really, you know, as long as two is healthy, will really go a long way in, in helping me decide which one of the two I would rather have. But as of right now, previous to that game, I'm leaning towards Burrow. All right, Andre. The beginning of the year, we made some, uh, we made some, we had some thoughts <clears throat> on what this team was going to do. I'm- I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure I recall this uh, vividly, and I said something along the lines of like two and fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that sure. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I obviously cannot. That my thirteen wins <laughs> are uh, are are impossible at this moment in time. And I am at the point where I say, let's go ahead and tank. I think when they play the when they play the Dolphins. I think they should just stay in the locker room and maybe have a face off or something and see who uh see if they can just you know let's 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 go out there. I mean obviously they're going to play their their hardest everything else. But they're not good. No, they're this not. This team's not going to win a game. So no. um yeah, that did, that did Well, here's a here's a problem with that theory, right? Like you really want to say the Bengals aren't going to win a game the rest of the year, right? Have you watched the Jets? <laughs> the Jets are terrible. Like they are awful. So are the Dolphins, and we right. get to play both of them. Yeah, the problem that's is exactly my point. You've watched like, the Bengals play, and they are worse. I don't know that they are. Man, like sure, the record says that they are. The Dolphins have been in are. some games. I mean, the Bengals have been in some games, but the so Dolphins. The, have, the Dolphins have made have made some. Can we just so all agree the, I that, mean, legitimately, that they're legitimately not... speaking, the team that just beat the Patriots last week beat the Bengals by only six points. And they're going to beat them this week by? Oh, 46 points. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah. like, when we're talking about being in games, the team that just beat the Patriots and beat them handily beat the Bengals by six points. Sure. Seattle, who is a fantastic team and has maybe one of the greatest magicians at quarterback ever, beat the Bengals by a single point. Every game that Seattle's been in has been close, though. Exactly. So I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, I, I don't know that the Bengals are inherently that much worse of a team than the Jets than Miami, I think they are starting to show that they are much worse than Oakland than I had thought in the beginning because Oakland's actually playing some pretty decent ball. Um, Cleveland is a dumpster fire, and we play them twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's legitimately four opportunities that the Bengals could mess around and screw things up and win. So... 29 years ago, 29 years ago, uh, the eighth week of the season, Wild Man Walker went up on a billboard and said, I'm not coming down until they win a game. 
If he were to do that now, he would how die much because longer, he's 86. How much longer <laughs> until <laughs> how much how much longer until the Bengals actually get a win? Cuz you obviously believe that they've got a chance against those two teams and it sounds like you think they can beat them. So good for you for keeping a little bit of faith alive, brother. You know that I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Believer, right? I'm always glass half full. I had the Bengals winning 13 games this year. Now, now, be honest with me. What? Where does it end? Where does it uh, end for the Bengals? It's not Baltimore. It's not Oakland. No. It's not no. Pittsburgh. No. All right, so then you got the Jets four weeks yep, from now. That's where it ends, right there. That's it. That's it right there. So, so you, you they got set that. a new fran- they they set a new franchise record for all time futility. Yeah. So the previous record is zero and ten, right? Yeah. To start a season, so they will go zero and eleven, and then Zach Taylor will beat the Jets. Very interesting, man. I just I hope Zach Taylor gets a win in his first year. I really do. I'd like <laughs> to see the guy you know enjoy enjoy a post game press conference just for his own sake. I feel like. As a first-time coach, man, he's getting he's getting a lot of heat, especially with offensive play calling, because the offense has seemed terrible. dull. It seemed very it's dull. It's terrible. It is terrible. But you, is how much of that is his play calling, or just the fact that they can't get into anything because they're constantly in second and long and third and long, and you don't have okay. you can't open that playbook up like he would obviously want to. I'll present this scenario to you. Okay. Right? Here. In in eleven personnel, you have three wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back. Your wide receivers are Jerry Rice, uh, Terrell Owens, and AJ Green. Your tight end is Tony Gonzalez, and your running back is Barry Sanders. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Right. I like this cool. team. Like you feel. <laughs> You feel real strong about that eleven personnel, right? That you run out there. Who's I think your, the Bengals the run it somewhere right around seventy. They, they, who cares? Like at this point, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you run that Andre personnel, Edwards. you know, seventy-five percent of the time, right? Yeah. Far and away, more than any other team in the league. Now, let me tell you, your wide receivers are Adam Schmidt, Chris Witt. Andre Edwards. Your tight end is Mike Edwards. Your <laughs> running back is Bobby Edwards. Um, it's not getting any better. And, I'll tell you that. And your and your quarterback is Keith Edwards. Um, I'll tell you would that. Would you would you continue to run eleven personnel? No. Right. So you lost AJ Green. You lost John Ross. You don't really use your tight end. You know, CJ Uzama, who you signed all this freaking money in the offseason, mm-hmm. you're not using him. Uh, Tyler Eifert, who you signed all this money in the offseason for a one-year extension, you don't even use him. Um, Giovanni Bernard, who you got in the backfield, you don't use him either. So if if the personnel are either unavailable due to injury or you're not using them, due to, I have no idea, why do you continue to force 11 personnel and throw in, you know, Alex Erickson and Auden Tate and, 
you know, Stanley Morgan and any other rookie wide receiver who made the team fantastic for them but shouldn't be starting. Right. When you have strengths like a CJ Uzama and a, and a Tyler Eifert, like why would you not run two tight ends? Why would you not run two running backs on the field at the same time? I get that you have a system. I understand that. But even Sean McVay, when they interviewed him the week that the Bengals played the Rams, they said, hey, if you didn't have the personnel that you have, if you didn't have Robert Woods, if you didn't have Brandon Cooks, if you didn't have Cooper Cup, if you didn't have those dudes, would you continue to run 11 personnel? And he was like, no. Why would I do that? You run a system around the talent that's on your team. You you, you Correct. should look at Bill Belichick. He's constantly changing everything week to week, not much less year Correct. to year. So yes, that makes perfect sense. So you can't so you can't come into a season and just say this is my offense, this is how we're doing it. You got to look at your personnel. I understand that. And so the, to me that's the fault that I put on Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor when when I look at this team. That's your job. Your job is to be able to identify who the players are, what we have, where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and how do we game plan around that? And if you can't make those adjustments and you can't be adaptable to, you know, injuries and, and other situations that may happen, then I don't, I'm not sure this is the job for you. And that was my biggest worry when this whole thing went down is you've got a first time head coach. You got a first time offensive coordinator. You got a first time defensive coordinator. Like those are major positions within your organization and within your team that should have some idea of what they're doing. And these guys don't. And it's showing. And that's a problem. When other players from other teams are like, oh, yeah, I knew that screen pass was coming because every time Giovanni Bernard steps on the field, it's a pass. Oh, I knew that play was coming because every time Tyler Eifert steps on the field, 85, yeah, it's definitely a pass. Oh, this guy, yeah. when when players know that, that means coaches know it. That means, you know, defensive schemes are planned around it. That means offensive schemes are planned around what you're doing. Like, you're you just make anybody. it easy. You make it easy for the opponent to defend you, and that's not cool. So what's so what's the move? I can't I can't even I can't even say so what's the move to make because at this point in time it doesn't matter what we say, it's not gonna happen. Mike Brown uh, the Blackburns are not making a move next year, right? I mean, these what we got right now in front of us is what we're going to see next year. Yeah. You're, am so I wrong or am biggest, I right? No, you're right. So th- your biggest hope, being a Bengals fan under the ownership as currently constructed, is that they hit on whoever this quarterback is that they're taking, whether it's Tua, Burrow, Hurts, Eason, whoever it is, it doesn't matter that they hit on this quarterback or that Ryan Finley is the greatest thing since sliced bread, whatever it is. I don't care who it is, but that they go on a 2011 to 2015 drafting run that gets them to luck into prominence. Because that is the, again, they've hamstrung themselves. They don't do free agency. They don't do trades really. So, you know, you, the biggest hope that we have is for the next two years, three years, that all of these draft picks work out the way they did during that four or five year run that we have where they were drafting really well. 
that's your only real hope that you have. It really is because we we heard Carson Palmer this week talk about uh, his experience here and basically basically saying he didn't trust the organization to try to get better. And, I, you know, especially I, I think the whole NFL probably knows that anyway. But when you have Carson Palmer come out and say that in the media, you then, yeah, you're definitely you lock down that possibility of signing free agents because who wants to come here when the when the when the book on this organization is that they're not going to they're not going to do a lot to help you out. A relentless pursuit of success. I keep coming back. But here's the problem. The problem is in Mike Brown's head, he is successful. He is making money. It is a successful business. It is a successful business. There's no, yeah, the business model itself, because you bought into a, a model that regardless of what you actually produce, you still make money. I mean, it's, it's the equivalent of Heinz being like, yeah, we made, we make the world's worst ketchup ever like there's mold in it and it actually kills people but the way the structure of the system is set up we still make millions of dollars yeah cool like you out sure yeah (laughs) it's a successful business good for you but you know ultimately you don't have the relentless pursuit of success on the field and until that changes or unless that changes as Bengals fans, we genuinely have to just hope that they look into some really strong drafts. They look into uh, the second coming of Carson Palmer, pre-knee injury, heck, even post-knee injury. Really, I doesn't say I take that. Right. He was still ridiculous, but um, you know, that that's, that's what you have to hope for. You have to hope that we get the first or second draft pick and that either and or both Tua and Burrow and or whoever that whomever else they draft are that guy. Because if you have a quarterback, then at least there's the threat of, all right, cool. If we add a piece here, we add a piece here, we add a piece here. Cool. We can make this thing happen. But if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, it's a very, very unfortunate situation going on here. Mercifully, it will end in eight more weeks, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's just a it's a dumpster fire. It's a it's a big old big 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 mess. Uh, just un, an unfortunate situation. But we are so fortunate for you to uh, come on and sort through this thing with us. We appreciate it very much, sir. It's like group therapy, man. I know, like, right? You just sit down. You can you can ha- hack it out for a minute and be all right. So, real quick, before I let you go, because I know it's late and you are uh, you're probably old. Old, old. <laughs> yep, it's late and I'm old. That's great. Real quick, before you go, give me uh, a quick prediction because good thing in Cincinnati uh, at this time of year is college basketball seasons here and we have two very good college basketball teams with two young coaches but your team has a new head coach he is yeah. uh he is a offensive minded guy they got a little war out against ohio state yeah. which was a better team yeah. and they really played very well against them i think they were a little wore out in the yeah. second half what are your thoughts on your bearcats 
uh, real quick before we go? Uh, I'm excited, man. So if you think about all the years that Bob Huggins was here, a quick transition to Andy Kennedy, and then you know another 16 years of McCronin, I've watched the exact same brand of basketball for the last. Oh, there's even before that. I mean, Yates and those. I mean, think about the Kentucky four-corner drill. I mean, that's that's UC basketball forever. I definitively, I became a fan under Bob Huggins. Okay, right? That's when you. I became sure. a fan. Sure, I was aware of Yates and the teams before that, but I I became a genuine fan under Huggins, and so I've watched the same brand of basketball for thirty plus years, right? Mm-hmm. The same philosophy, defensive minded. You make a mistake, you're getting pulled out. Uh, you're gonna win a game or lose a game. You know, fifty two, forty eight, rock fights, like all of those things, all the time. This will be the first time, especially once he gets his system and things are moving in the direction that he wants them to move, that, you know, we have an offensive-minded team that is willing to push, willing to score, willing to, yeah, we might give up a, a couple of buckets here and there that we wouldn't have given up before, but if that translates into four straight threes, cool, let's make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I'm just excited to see a different brand of of, of basketball here in Cincinnati than what I have over the last three decades. So that's exciting to me. Um, that's it what I'm most excited about. And yeah, I'm not a UC I, yeah. fan. I'm a Xavier guy, have been my entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. excited to see UC fans like you finally get to, to, to cheer for and see basketball the way it's played now in the, in the late 2000s. Yeah. Or, well, Correct. 2000 teens or whatever we're in now right yeah no i mean I, I that is something that again in in my fandom lifetime i haven't seen right you know i mean i there there were there were great teams under huggins and don't get me wrong like your kenya martins and your steve logans and you know all of those things they're fantastic teams and scored points and it was a fun time to be a, a bearcat fan um but there was also just the, the the reliance upon the defensive side of the ball, and especially the last 16 years on the Cronin of almost ignoring the offensive side of the ball. And, Coach, you just lost the game 48-49. to 49. Had your shooters been able to shoot well, if we locked them down on defense, then we wouldn't have. I mean, like, that, come you on. You did man. lock them down on defense. <laughs> they scored 49 points, man. Like, what do you want? <laughs> but so, yeah, I, again, I'm just looking, I'm most looking forward to something different. And then, two, the fact that uh, Brandon doesn't seem to be a dude that, you know, takes the fact that he coaches at UST. And says, "Oh, what was me? I coach at UC. I can't go after the top recruits in the country." He seems to be a dude who's like, "Yeah, I coach at UC. Let's go." Well, and, and I don't know much about his recruiting. Um, however, it can't be any. It can't be worse than what Mick Cronin used to do, where you'd have the best players around town, and he wouldn't even talk to them. So, right. Um, I, yep. I, I hope that that. I hope it. I hope good things for you guys. I, I continue. Uh, to love watching Xavier beat up on UC over the last 15 years. Uh, however, I'm really excited about the way these games are going to be because you're going to see crosstown shootouts over the next five, 10 years that are going to be, you know, 85 to seven, you know, to 79 or something like that. There's going to be some fun 
big, big scoring games, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited, and I'm excited for you as a UC fan. And Adam has a UC sweatshirt on. I just realized today. I do this son of a gun? He'll, he he toys with my emotions. <laughs> he brings Xavier stuff in one week, and then wears this UC garb the next week. It is what it is. But hey, man, we appreciate it, dude. He knew I'd be offended if he was wearing a uh, Xavier sweatshirt. That's right. So for that's you, man. Right. There you war go. For, war for man. Andre week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, we got to do this at least one more time for the Bengals to maybe go over a cleanup because I don't – maybe I'll tell you what. They win a game and we'll talk. How about Perfect. that? Perfect. You good with that? Same. Yep. All right, dude. We appreciate it. That sounds good. And if they don't win a game, well, then we'll just talk at the end of the season. <laughs> That sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. I'm all in either way. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. I, I'm counting on that Jets win Jets because game. I need Jets you back game. in here in four weeks. Jets game. It's gonna happen. All right, man. That sounds good. And we'll get some more UC Xavier basketball talk going too. All right, boys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks Andre. All right, see you. Andre Edwards. Andre Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh the voice of Debonair. He is uh at Andre Edwards. Oh, what is it? Andre Edwards. 06. At Andre Edwards 06 on Twitter. Great follow. The guy is hilarious. Uh, he's a really good follow on Twitter. Like, out of people that yeah. aren't, uh, what would you call him? I mean, he's basically a celebrity, but out of people that aren't <laughs> actually probably considered celebrities or don't have a blue check mark next to him, he's probably the best follow that I have on, on my Twitter account. He should have a blue check mark. He should. Anyway, he, uh, he probably just didn't go through the paperwork. You know, I'm sure there's paperwork. He could get it done. I think it's just about how many followers you have or something like that. He's probably no, but you got still got to submit something that says it's you. Do you? Yeah, I no. feel like I feel like with a guy like Andre, I feel like I don't know how he does things. Like, but he knows every single person in the entire in the world. city of Cincinnati <laughs> and other states, and he also he also. Uh, I don't know if he just doesn't sleep, but I feel like he does everything. Like if <laughs> yeah. you can do it, he does it or has done it. So yeah. I know some people. Yeah, I know some people like that. It just you're like, how in the world do you accomplish everything you accomplish? And with in the a energy day? that he has yeah, all the yeah. time, man, he's such a great guy. Anyway, check him out at Andre Edwards 06 on Twitter, uh, our Bengals expert. And now, as the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, we are a day late. Right, we've had some we technical are. difficulties here over the past few weeks, buddy. We had uh, the the face tube didn't work here about a month ago. <laughs> right. We got uh, last week my uh, the computer uh, thermally exploded. Jeez, it didn't really explode, but it thermally melted down or something. I don't know. I couldn't keep. I can't keep it on for more than like five minutes, unless I have. A, I actually figured it out uh, a couple of days ago. Put a bag of frozen bag of peas under it, and that <laughs> kept it cool. Wow. That kept it cool. That's how bad it is, man. You take that thing to the geek squad. Yeah, I need to take it or just pitch it and get a new one. <laughs> I that yeah. Anyway, so uh but we're back. We're back. Uh we are here on Thursday this week because uh during the basketball season, Adam is now the uh I don't know what you are, the assistant basketball coach for the female girl female girls. Is that like uh what mm -hmm. do you call that? Is that, like a, is that like a double negative? Does that make them men? I don't think so. <laughs> the, the girls, Oak Hills, uh, JV basketball team, they do a lot of stuff. Uh, Xavier 
uh, has games on Wednesday. I have season tickets. So there's going to be times where we aren't going to make it on Wednesday. So uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated on the FaceTube and over the tweet box and, uh, you know, the gram and all that good stuff about when we'll be on if it's not on Wednesday, our normal night at 1030. Like tonight, it's Thursday. Came on at 1030. Had our man Andre on. Football's done for the for the night for us. What are we getting into next? We have one more football thing to get through. Oh, real quick. good night! And that is the uh, our our picks against the spread. Yeah. <laughs> Every time face. I look at you, look dude, at I face. look at you and you just I know how bad I do when I can look at you and you can't keep a straight face. So <laughs> well, I went zero and three. I. <laughs> Right, I'm only smiling because I looked at you, and you're looking at me out of the corner of your eye. Like, what kind of looks he giving me about yeah, this? I'm gonna I figure to out how I did how, this how did week. I do it? every time you start cracking up. I know. Okay, I went zero and three. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is you did go zero and three. <laughs> Man, for as well as I started off the year, buddy, I am start. It's a struggle. It's a struggle here lately. What do you got? Uh, so okay, you, you went zero three. The the good news is that you are still above five hundred. That's how well you started. Uh, yes, you're at fourteen and thirteen now. Okay. I, fortunately for me, went two and one, and I'm now at fifteen and twelve. Oh man! So I've jumped you. I've jumped you now. So now I am. Uh, we're still I'm close. currently on the hot seat for having to eat uh, four hot wings. Stupid hot wings from Wild Mike's. Uh huh. On air, right? On air. We're doing this on air. On air. You know I'm going to lose this, right? Like, I feel like, <laughs> have I ever won a bet on the nosebleeds? Have I ever won a single bet? I don't think you have, but, I mean, this one, we're only a game apart. And we yeah, still have eight but, more weeks. But the the, it, the, the momentum has, has swayed into your favor. The momentum's in my favor right now. All right, is. so how did you do last week? So I, did, I went two and one. Um, so I had Miami and Seattle. Uh, correct and uh, Baltimore beat New England and I had so I had that one wrong um, and you had San Francisco Chicago and Indianapolis and uh, against the spread at least those guys all I know I know let's so, go okay you anyway, start start us so, off so, for week <laughs> 10 we got eight weeks left of football get us going Buffalo is at Cleveland this week and Buffalo is a three-point underdog uh, Buffalo's a pretty good football team in Cleveland. Uh, like Andre mentioned, or maybe it was you, uh, they're not that good. They're not was, as good as everybody. How was Cleveland a three-point favorite in that game? Uh, incredible, right? Uh, they're at home, but still, they're you know they're Buffalo's. They're close to a dumpster fire right now as well. With uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s not happy, and Baker Mayfield. When it comes to it, when they're winning, he seems like he's the greatest dude in the world. But when they're losing, he's just a He's not a nice person. <laughs> he he didn't like a question that a reporter so asked him or something. Now like they that. did say. Now I did go back and I've heard some people say that that reporter constantly tries to bait guys, and he's known. That's he's been no banned. He's been banned from the locker room a couple times um, over the past fifteen, twenty years or something like that. So he's kind of a uh, he's kind of a d bag as well. Okay. So you put him and Baker together, and it's not a good thing. It's not. Uh, so anyway, I'm taking Buffalo there to to beat uh, your man, Mr. Mayfield, in uh, Cleveland. I'm, I've got New Orleans. Now, this is a big old spread here. New Orleans is a 13-and-a-half point favorite at home against Atlanta. 
I'm gonna go ahead and take. Uh, I'm gonna take in New Orleans there. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Yeah, okay. That's a gamble. Okay. Um, and then I'm taking Green Bay. Green Bay is at home against Carolina, and they're a six-point favorite. Uh, so I'm gonna take Green Bay to they they uh, mess things up this past week. Five and a half right now while we're on the air. Five, five and, and a half. half. Okay. Five and a half. You still want it? I do still want it. All right, I especially want it now. All right. Five and a half. So you're taking Carolina? No, I'm taking Green Bay. Oh, okay. All right, so that puts it on me. Here we go. I'm going to immediately start off with one uh, that's opposite of you, and I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to take Atlanta plus 13.5 against uh, – did I just take Atlanta? You sure did. <laughs> so those of you that have listened to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast know that Atlanta Falcons uh, are have been the death of me in the Pick'em game that we do here. <laughs> Uh, I did win with them last time, but I only won because <laughs> I didn't take them. Back to Atlanta. I don't know what it is. One in seven, Matt Ryan. I, I, I'm, I'm going for it, man. I'm, I'm still sticking with it. Uh, going with your gut. Going with the gut. Then I'm going to take. Uh, I am also going to take uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, plus three and a half against the Rams. That's going to be my home dog of the day. And you know who else I like, uh, I think I like out there is, I think I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals plus five in Tampa Bay. Gotcha. So there you go. That's our stone cold lead pipe locky locks of the week. I can't say that. That's a Mike and Mike Uh, thing. They're gone though. They're gone is the, uh, you think the, the, I don't know. Whatever it is is up on that. I can use it. I'm not going to. All right, so we are – those are our picks of the week for the NFL. Let's do something, let's do something that we get uh, pretty excited about every year. It's the beginning of the season. Basketball is here. Basketball is here. I know it's your favorite season. Uh, yeah, and we uh, – last season, during basketball season, we did what we call the big three. Yep. And that was uh, just basically three stories in the world of basketball. It was – really just the nba but we're going to mix it up a little bit this week mm-hmm. at least and and maybe in the future uh and we'll go a little bit of uh i feel uh, like we left college basketball out a lot last year yeah we probably did i kind of like college, i i feel like uh i feel like uh, college basketball we, we might bring more college basketball into it this year that's fair i haven't talked to you about that yet but i just feel like that on over the airways right now i'm with you all right let's do it we can do that uh so we we are going to go back this week to our big three since basketball has started now, both in the NBA and in college. And the big three this week is sponsored by Training Personally. There's no reason to wait until January to start getting in shape, people. A lot of us think every day, especially me, that I need to start, I need to get back to a fitness routine. Uh, you might belong to a gym, but you, you you know it's tough to get motivated to go. You go and you got to figure out your own workouts, and you know half of us don't really know what we're doing. Really, we kind we think we do, but you know there's a, there's a lot of different information out there. Uh, so so you can get confused. You're not sure what you're doing. Just start over. Just start from scratch. Go check out training personally with Peggy Edwards. Peggy is a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition specialist. Peggy has your circuit training workout already set up, ready to start as soon as you're ready. You'll get the one-on-one attention at training personally from a certified personal trainer, but you don't pay the outrageous hourly fees that most personal trainers are going to charge you. Uh, Lots of membership options. 
Peggy will structure a workout, a nutrition plan, and a payment plan that best suits you. Stop in, look around, meet Peggy, tell her you heard about training personally on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, and she will give you your first month of membership for free. Go every day for a month for free. You can find all the information you need uh, on Facebook, Training Personally with Peggy Edwards, and at trainingpersonally.com, or give her a call. Give her a call. Meet her over the phone first, 513-326-0296. That's Peggy Edwards, Training Personally, 513-326-0296. Did you tell them about the special that she has for us? I didn't hear that. I did. did. Nice. Yeah. How awesome (laughs) is that? A whole month. whole month on her. Whole month on the nosebleed sports. We'll pay for your first month. We you got go, it. You go to the gym. I'll pay for your first month. You're a generous man. Well, you pay for their second month. I'll pay for. The- <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can we just split the first month? We'll split the first month. Right, Adam and I are going to split the first month. Uh, it's also brought to you by the Ohio Mosquito Control. Um, at Ohio Mosquito Control, they offer quality services to the Cincinnati area at reasonable prices. They are family-owned and operated, a fully licensed and insured pest control company specializing in mosquito control. It's time to enjoy your outdoors again. They do residential, commercial applications. They'll do one-time, uh, one-time sprays if you got a party. They will set you up with a complete personalized pest management uh, system where they will take care of you. Uh, you can do it all online um, at ohio-mc.com. Check them out. They will make sure that you are no longer getting bit. They also, it's all, it's also uh, uh, chemical, they, they, it doesn't kill the bees is what I understand. Somebody told me that. Yeah, that that's correct. Yeah. Got to so, keep the bee population Yeah, because from bees, going apparently extinct. bees are going extinct. They're However, in, I still endangered. see them all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I feel like I see different types of bees than I used to when yeah. I was a kid. Like, I, th- I feel like I saw, like, one type of bee when I was a kid, and now I see, like, all kinds of different kinds. How many different bees do you see, Adam? <laughs> I don't know, I'm really man. interested in this. I, I, I feel like I see, like, bee and other thing hybrids a lot of times or something. Dude, I'm going to tell you, know you something right now. That's legit. There's some crazy... I had these things. I don't know what they were, but it was like a bee slash hornet mix right yeah it was this like yellow couple yellow spots on it and they were huge it wasn't a hornet but it definitely wasn't a bumblebee i know what a bumblebee looks like Mm -hmm. right or a a, a wood uh uh what are they called carpenter Carpenter bee bee. i know what those look like but these guys were like you said some kind of hybrid and they uh, like attacked my tree in the front yard and it had all this white stuff all over it i don't know if they laid eggs in there or what Ugh. but after a week they were gone never saw them again they were all over this tree dude you couldn't get out of the car there were so many of them that freaks me out i know i feel like it must be like i think you know how cicadas come every like seven or 14 or 50 years or whatever yeah. it is dude they, i'm gonna some kind they, of migration they laid their like. eggs inside my tree dude i think i think i'm gonna have them you every, got a tree? every five years i got a, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got a bumble net you got, tree. You got a bee tree? Bumble net. That, that's my, uh, or a whore bee. Ooh, no, I like bumble net better. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to put hornet and bumble that's bee not together. with a W. Not with a W. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you, man. They're all over the place. They're all different types, and uh, 
Yeah. The world's getting weird, man. But at Ohio Mosquito Control, they'll take care of you because they're the pest of the pest. So check them out at ohio-mc.com. Okay, so we had the first couple of games uh, a couple nights ago from the time that we're recording this. And it was like the coolest event I think I've ever seen in the regular season in college basketball. It was the Champions Classic. Right, so they do it every year. But but that, I don't think they've ever had – it was never, it's never been one, one versus two, three versus four. It's That's never been I mean. that. Yes, right. you're, you're I mean. correct. They do the, These four guys play each other. They flip around who they play every year. But, yes, this is from what I know that I believe this is the only time I've ever seen one play two, three play four. It is the first time. Definitely the first time in the same day under the same roof. They played at Madison Square Garden, which made it even cooler. Um and it was it was number one Michigan State preseason AP number one Michigan State versus number two Kentucky and then it was number three Kansas versus number two sorry number four Duke. So the first game was Kansas versus Duke. Right. Right. It's a little bit of a sloppy game. It was. It was a little sloppy. Second half wasn't that great. There's uh, quite a few turnovers. I don't have the. I can pull it up. I guess. But uh, turnovers galore. Um, just not the best-looking basketball game you would expect to see out of those two teams. But those two teams are, like usual, young, and it's gonna. They'll be fine. They're super talented. They'll be fine uh, once they get once they get a few games under their belt. Yep. It's it's. Those are the, the these are like the four teams, especially I think three of the four that are always going to be really young because they're always going to get the best recruits, and uh, and those guys are going to leave early most of the time. Um. But you did have, and that's why I think why, and especially for the first game of the season, that's why you're going to have you have a lot of freshmen playing for you in the first game of the season. Eight turnovers for Kansas alone. That's too many. That's too many. So wow. <laughs> that's that's really bad. And what's amazing is they had more turnovers than fouls. They had 28 turnovers, and they lost by two points to Duke. And. <laughs> And they only lost because they couldn't make a shot at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, they had opportunities <laughs> they had to win that game. more opportunities to win that game. For sure. Um, and and it, it's it's funny. We're talking about, uh, you know, these are teams that are going to have all the best freshmen in the, in the country. But uh, it was ve- veterans, if we want to call them that. First of all, Cassius Winston for Michigan State. He's going to be one of the best players in college. He had, You know, he's a he's – a, Player of the Year candidate for sure, sure. a legit one. They they came out with the fifty, the fi- top fifty watch list or whatever this past season. Mm-hmm. He's one of those like top five legitimate ones um, for Michigan State. Uh, and then you had the the old the old man veteran for Duke, the sophomore Trey Jones. Trey Jones, uh, the sophomore. He was, yeah. yeah, he was he was he had a good game for them, uh, and he'll help bring some of those younger guys along. And they've got they've got some impressive guys. Both teams do and. Um, they're both always so, especially Duke is just always so disciplined and they recruit good kids. Somehow they have, they find the best athletes that are also good guys too. It seems like to me, I yeah, don't, JJ just, Reddick, you know, uh, well, he uh, wasn't was in the, college. Who was, the, who was the other guy, uh, that, that just left there? Come on. Who was the other JJ Reddick that was at Duke? That was a great guy. I just left. Uh, Grace and Allen, yeah, great guys. They always have great, okay. great kids on that team. So aside from those two, <laughs> in the thirty-year uh, history of of uh, Mike Krzyzewski being there, yes, uh, he, I'm he, with you. I'm he with you. Mostly I'm with recruits you. guys that, but you had. That's what I mean. The Shane Battiers, the Grant Hills, the you know, right. those kind of guys are really what I think of when when I think about Duke. Anyway. The game that I want to talk about, though, is the Kentucky-Michigan State game. That was a fun 
game. It was a good game. Kentucky, uh, Kentucky's good. Yeah, and I have a lot of but I I know a lot of people that are Kentucky fans. Uh, I I deal with what I do. I'm I deal with people in Louisville and Lexington all the time, and they always tell me every year this is the year, this is the year, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was last year, two years ago, they said, ah, this may not be it. They you know they, they'll tell you when they're not super comfortable. I've never seen people more excited before this game even happened than this year. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if I had this kid Maxi on my team. I would be excited too. That kid was ready for the spotlight. He showed up. He showed out. That was impressive. The for for as many freshmen, sensational freshmen that have come through Kentucky since Cal's been there, and even before Cal, he broke the record for most points in the first game for a freshman. Yeah, debut of the I think it's like thirty eight guys under Cal that played. At Kentucky under Cal, yeah. have gone on to play in the NBA or were drafted in like forty two. AD was the, before that. I think he had twenty one or something like that. His first game. Sorry, I was talking oh, about okay, points. Okay, anyway, okay, go ahead, you, go ahead. Continue with what um, you were saying. But um, so yeah, so so of all the guys that have played for Cal and have gone on to the NBA, uh, Tyrese Maxey has scored twenty six points, and that's the most in a debut. For a freshman, that's insane uh, under Cal at Kentucky. So yeah, and, and it, what's what's amazing about it is it's twenty six points on twelve shots, and he didn't start. He didn't start. He came off the bench. I'm I pretty sure. I, I tuned in late. I didn't even realize that. I, I don't think he started the game. I think he. Uh, I think he came off. I think he ended up coming off the bench. Well, if you got a guy, if you got a freshman coming off your bench, giving you twenty six on efficient shooting, I mean that's you've got a good, you've got a deep team, and you're going to be. Playing in March, you're going to be playing in April. Let's say, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, probably all four of these teams will. To be honest with you, I mean, this might be the final four. We might have just watched he the did, final yeah, four. He did not start the game. There you go. He did not start the there game. There you go. Very impressive. Got to keep a close eye on that Still kid. Still played 32 minutes, but yeah, and that and that goes to show you. I mean, I don't know how many young young basketball players listen to this podcast, but I that goes to show. I was just talking to actually a, a young man that that plays in high school before I came over here and he was uh, upset for his friend that might not come back and play at his school this year um not this it's not the school that I coach at but um he might not come back and play even though he would be like the second best player on the team because he felt like the coach didn't play him enough minutes last year and he didn't always <sighs> get to start when he <sighs> when he thought he should but guess what Starting doesn't mean you're one of the best five players on no. the team. It doesn't mean that. Jay, my one of my one of my top three players in Xavier history was was a feller named James Posey. Mm-hmm. He won six man of the year in the eight ten like three years in a row or something like that. It was I think the, his senior year he finally started, but before that he was he didn't start. He was six man. That was kind of his thing. But he played more minutes than anybody else. And then went on to have a long, really good NBA, NBA career. career. And now he's still in the NBA coaching. He's a yeah. – the, the, I mean, it just because you're not starting doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the best players. I used to start games when I, when, when I was in, in grade school and stuff like that, and I by far was not the best player on the team. I just – Got thrown in there to play defense. Sometimes they they'll, they'll they have they, you got to move people around, you know, to 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 get the game started. But you're going to be the if you're good, you're going to get minutes and you're going to get to play. Lou Williams averages like twenty four, twenty five a game, <laughs> yeah. and he comes off the bench. Yeah, I mean, uh, anyhow, so uh, good for Tyrese Maxey, good for Kentucky. 
uh, beat Michigan State 69-62 the other night. So, you know, the the top four is going to shuffle around a little bit next next week when the new poll comes out. Yep, the both, poll, both so. uh, four and two won those games respectively. So, so they may just switch with those teams. I mean, I, you I, know, I don't know what you would do in that case, you know, because both games were pretty close. UK is obviously going to be number one. They won that game pretty handily at the end. Um so, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think Michigan State just drops one. How do you drop them any more than that? Yeah, I, and then Kentucky or Duke and Kansas probably switch. Either way. But that is a lot go. of fun. This Champions Classic thing that they do, they've been doing it for years. And it was bound to happen where something like this was going to come up because they're the best teams every year anyway. Mm-hmm. This is cool. I like the I, – I, it, was, it was fun. Uh, back-to-back games, like you said, at the Greatest Arena, uh, whatever they call MSG Madison now. Square Garden, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a, it was a cool deal and and I'm excited for college basketball. Yeah, it is. I you know over the over the last I don't know how many years I've dropped off a little bit in my college basketball fandom. I watch a little bit less now than I used to, but when it starts, I'm like ah basketball, college yep. basketball, which is totally different than the NBA. Oh, it's completely um, different. That's why, and I like both, but it's watching two different types of basketball game. There's it no is no doubt. It is, um, but it's you know it's it's you're watching the next guys that are going to be NBA players. You're watching the next superstars, and you know for for the next several years, you can watch them this year. And right. for most of them, it's just going to be this year in college, and then after that, you'll see them in the NBA next year. Yeah, but uh, still, I mean, or you know, most people have some sort of most college basketball fans have a team. You know, have a team that they follow, and it's just like college football. We don't, right. you know, neither of us really get huge into the college football scene, and we don't have a college football team. However, I can understand how crazy those people are for those games because I I do have that feeling for uh, for our local teams here in Cincinnati. So, speaking of that, real quick, have you did you get a chance to watch the UC game? I got to see some of it. Okay, yes. yeah. So. So Xavier's got uh, seven new guys on this roster this year, right? And they got four their four core guys, two juniors, two seniors. Um, really good recruiting class, top 25 recruiting class in there. They decided the day they were going to redshirt their seven-footer, um, which was a good thing because I don't know where and when he was going to play. Besides that, I'm really excited about this UC team. I feel I've never been more excited about a UC team in my entire life. Yeah, and Nick is gone. <laughs> Adios. That's I almost, why for I almost you. feel like I can like UC. I feel like I want to like UC now. Huggins, you can. The the Huggins regime is officially out. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I feel like I might be a, a UC fan. There. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah, Mick did did coach under uh, did coach under Bob Huggins for a long time, and he was his big time recruiter too, right? I mean, he was a uh, Mick. That was the thing we were talking with Andre about. You know, Mick didn't always do a great job of recruiting over the last, you know, handful of years, but he was like, that was like Huggins. That's big why he recruiter. got hired. Right, right. Originally, um, it just fell down. He just stopped talking to I, people. I, I, I hate to, I hate to like disparage the guy, but, um, I don't. It was I hard. I, I always found it hard to watch him coach just because he always seemed like just like his head was going to explode because he was so angry you have at a Cincinnati all times. Reds uh, towel directly behind you and his face was that red. It was he just was always always it seemed really I it's probably just his demeanor and his facial expression and stuff like that. It, he probably spoke 
nicer to his players than it looked like, I would think, but <laughs> I don't, it I don't never know about that. Like it. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I, I think I might disagree with you on that he, one. I he, think he was just as big a D-bag is anybody else out there? <laughs> he was he was just a very very fiery coach. There are a lot of them out there. There are fewer now than there used to be, certainly. But well, you was, can't do that anymore because the type of kid you're coaching doesn't have the mental capacity, not the mental capacity, but the 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 skin, the thick enough skin to be able to take it. And they hold a little bit more um, of their you know they, they they can hold over a coach a lot more now in college basketball with the one and done and not just the one and done, but the fact that that's the way people get drafted. Yeah, I, right? and and with recruiting. I mean, if a kid knows if he comes to a couple of games and stuff like that, you know, because a coach is going to call you and, and be the nicest guy in the world, but if you if they bring you on for a campus visit to a game mm-hmm. and you see that guy losing his mind every three seconds and screaming at his players and, and embarrassing them sometimes. He's it, lucky the Crosstown shootout a few couple of years ago was at Xavier. When he tried to beat up J.P. McCurry, he tried to beat up some kid from the other it's so, team. It's so funny you say that when he tried to beat up J.P. McCurry because I was just with a couple UC fans over the weekend, yes. and they were talking about that exact same thing. They did not say it that way. No. Let me tell you. Hey, he's the one that went after J.P. Okay. Uh, I, I saw it. I was right there. I was about, I, was about, uh, I don't know. Did you twenty yards away? Did you see whether J.P. Macura said something to him before that? Like I said, I didn't say anything about who said anything okay. when and where. <laughs> okay. That's not what I'm talking it's about. It's always funny he to, hear, at, to he hear, hear the two sides' perspective because Look, I'm I will right be, in the middle. One hundred percent tell you that J.P. Macura definitely talked to him the whole game, <laughs> the whole game, and he said something to him when they when they shook hands in line too. But mix the one that went after him. Mix the one that made it look like he wanted to fight him and had to have people <laughs> fake hold him back so that he could get red-faced and act like he was going to rip JP's red hair off his head or something. <laughs> Come on, man. That's You can't have that out of a coach. That's just ridiculous. <clears throat> I don't care how bad somebody is or talks or any of that to you. That's Well, JP Makura is in the uh... – uh, Mick Cronin's at UCLA now, and JP Makura is in the is in the G League. So, um, you know, they they're both they both have uh, moved on up, and good for them. And good for them. I um, still like talking about it. <laughs> no, yeah, I can see it in your face. You love talking <laughs> about it. Like I said, though, I feel like I can be a UC fan now because that whole regime is gone, and I really do like this Brandon guy. Mm-hmm. He 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 seems like he he. He could be. I feel like. I feel like. I don't want him to be like Zach Taylor, but he could be. He's got to figure out a way to make this team his own. And I think he struggled the other day. They are not in the shape that I think that they need to be in. Hmm. This team is used to being slow-paced. You know, uh, balls to the wall defense. Come across the timeline, dribble for ten seconds, look at Mick, get a play, and then take a shot under nine. That's yeah. that's the way they played. That's not the way he's playing. He's pressing. He's gonna press for three quarters of the game, half the game. He's gonna. It's. It's. He wants you to uh, pass the ball. Ball. He wants that ball to continually move, move. But don't pass up an open shot. And you got an open shot, take it. Mm-hmm. Open shot, take it. Boom, boom, boom. Constant movement. I love that, and I like that about him. Uh. So. So I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited. It makes me nervous if if they can if they can hit shots, which they did not against Ohio State, but Xavier didn't either. 
uh, in their first game. But if they can hit shots and they're moving like that, they're going to be a tough team to stop, man. They're going to be way better. I They are not in the top 25 right now. And I think they got them at like 32 is what I saw the original number at before the season started, which means nothing. But I think this team has an opportunity to crack the top 25 again. With a new coach, he's got to get their, he's got to get their legs under him. But once he does, I think they can do it. Well, they don't have a lot of time to waste. I mean, they got to get they got to get it taken care of now. Sure. I mean, they they, they did. And the he same said thing. a lot of it's on him. I mean, he only played seven or eight guys or something, and it was mostly a seven man, six man, seven man rotation. So he needs if he's going to play guy, if he's going to play him like that, he's got to have a rotation going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you have to have the horses for that. I mean, you can't play guys that aren't going to be able to play the way you want to play. But and you know this is his first year, so he's not going to have his guys. He'll have an opportunity over the next few years, hopefully, to to recruit the guys that fit the way he wants to really play. And some of the guys they already do have some guys that'll have no problem with that. Sure. But but you know he'll have an opportunity to really recruit the way you know f- for his for the style that he wants to play. Right. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I it should be more exciting this year. Like you said, they're going to have to knock down some shots, otherwise it's going to. It's going to be ugly. I mean, it's going to be ugly again. But um, if you can, if you can make some shots and you uh, you can play enough defense and you can get up and down and score, uh, it's, it is. It's going to be a lot more fun to watch. Good. All right, so let's go on to the next section of the big three, even so, though I don't think that UC Xavier was part of our big three, but we just made it. Part. It wasn't. College basketball in general. All right. Just, just the beginning of college basketball All I think right. is what we were going for. Um, but the, the, the next one I think is going to be your favorite one here uh, as much as you love talking college basketball you love talking lebron james even more right i really do i mean uh the and it's funny because we talked i i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the podcast that we had last season late in the season when he was hurt and he 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 came back and he was not playing well uh wasn't playing well still dropping 20 27 a night but you know he wasn't playing well and he wasn't playing defense and um he was still a little hurt, and, and and that's exactly what what you and he both say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and he so he had the summer, obviously. To uh, it, it was the first time in whatever it was nine years or eight or nine years that he wasn't in the finals. Right, you know he they didn't make the playoffs, so he had a much longer time to actually rest and recover. And get a routine going. Get a, you know he just get healthy again. Spends all that money and all that time on his body, and he got an opportunity to actually do that for an entire off season again. Yeah, so um, so he looks fantastic right now. And the Lakers are six and one, and, and they're they have the best record in the NBA. And they're not even gelling yet. I'm telling you right now, Kyle Kuzma. Is playing out of his mind, but 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 LeBron and AD haven't even really started gelling yet. Like I feel like they there's been some they've had some nice give and goes and some back and forth, but I feel like it's still not the, these guys get another ten fifteen games under their belt together. You think it's going to be even better than six and one? I don't think it'll be. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm a realist. It'll be. <laughs> So it'll don't, be, don't, but don't bait me into the saying something <laughs> silly and losing another bet on this daggone show. No, but I do feel like that their play can, besides the fact that they're six and one right now, I believe that their play can get better than what it is right now. And I, I think LeBron James, like I said at the beginning of this, uh, at the beginning of the NBA season, when you laughed at me, 
Mm-hmm. Another snarl laugh that uh, <laughs> this one hopefully will bite you too. The first one didn't, but it almost did. Uh, uh, I, I he's playing like like an MVP. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's it's funny because uh, you you have two MVPs on that team. I mean, Anthony Davis is an MVP caliber player. Sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, yeah. If, and, if he was on, if he if he was on better teams the last few years he probably he may have very well won in MVP won an mvp sure. yeah um because his numbers are that good but yeah I, I with the two of them playing the way they're playing lebron looking like he uh you know really got rejuvenated over the off season um they do they look good they're winning and they're uh they're they're playing defense this year which is nice and um it, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how it how it progresses as they go on. It's because we I think we all thought okay they have this great roster now they added Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to just like when LeBron went to Miami and then when he went back to Cleveland, it's going to take a little while. It's going to take it is a quarter of a season maybe to to really get you know because they they had they were not good. They were like a 500 team for the first like 20 games when he went to Miami. And right. then they finally turned it around and made it to the, to the finals a couple years. And they've won some of those close games this year in the beginning of the year. So that's going to make things so much easier. The, the pressure won't be there as much throughout the rest of this first quarter of the season mm-hmm. for, for him to, you know, the, the questions aren't going to be there every day and all that. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, Dwight Howard playing out of his mind as an old Dwight man. Howard I mean, is this guy well, is yeah. playing. He he looks like a whole new person. We talked about him losing all that weight a couple years ago. Was well, it's it, the haircut. Yeah. That's why he looks like a new person. You're right, but he's lost a lot of weight as well, and and he's moving and and he looks. He doesn't look like the Dwight Howard of old, obviously, but he looks very good. He looks like a really. He, he looks rejuvenated as well, and you put him a D, uh, Kyle Kuzma who's playing. Phenomenal basketball, Quinn Cook. I I really like. Like I said, the Lakers are going to win it all, and LeBron's the MVP. So I think Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, if I'm not mistaken, are one and two in block shots so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, only seven games in, but still, um, if they continue that, and they can, they both can. Sure. Um, continue that level of of defense. You know, it's gonna it's gonna make a huge difference for those guys. Um, but across town, that's the big thing we were talking about. You know, uh, uh, the entire NBA was talking about. Yep, the Lakers Clippers rivalry because the Clippers the Clippers retooled and and got a lot better. The Clippers were a much better team than the Lakers last year, and then they added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, they are off to a five and three start going into tonight uh, when they when they go to play Portland. But um, but Paul George has been out. Paul George hasn't been playing, um, and Kawhi Leonard has not played in every game. And uh, it's not because there's anything wrong with him. He's not He's not injured. They just rested him. Yep. They rested him uh, eight games into the season. Hey, listen, you know, once again, this guy played a full season last year and then basically played another half a season in the playoffs, and – you see what happens to guys like LeBron who ended up getting hurt last year, so why not give him a little break? I'm okay with that. I mean, LeBron got hurt in December after playing 
in the finals for eight straight years. LeBron, or LeBron's so. a LeBron's a completely different physical type of guy. So you know, then Kawhi, you think? Uh, yeah, LeBron is the most physical specimen to ever walk the face of the earth. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, Kawhi seems like he's <laughs> Kawhi seems like he's in, in pretty pretty good shape. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I still feel like there might be a little baby fat around there somewhere uh, compared to LeBron. That is <laughs> compared to LeBron. Uh, baby fat wise, I gotta I gotta respect. I'm just kidding. There. I'm just kidding. Come kidding. on, let's go. I know you're kidding. Uh, but they did. That, that's the bit. That's been the they big story today. They sat him down. They and rested they, him they originally. On the, Sorry. No, no, no. I uh, on the first of a back to back, and that was so. If you remember, was it two years ago uh, when LeBron and everybody went crazy and went to Adam Silver and said, "Listen, we got to do something about the scheduling. Too many back to backs." That and and then they came out and started. They were going to find teams if they were sitting uh, sitting players. So they said, "Listen, LeBron even came out. Listen, I won't sit. We won't do that." But we got to spread this thing out somehow and have less back-to-backs. Silver, Adam Silver hooked him up, got that done, and LeBron played every single game that year. Um, and went to on prove to lose. a point, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But but I think I think a lot of that was, hey, if you can do this for us, I'll make sure I'm not doing because that's who it was all about. It was LeBron sitting again. LeBron sitting. He goes to a city and sits because he's got a back-to-back or whatever's going on. And it on. wasn't just him. It was a lot of the a stars. A ton. And uh, you know who was the worst with it? Your your old man, Pop. Oh, yeah. Pop's, uh, he's the one that started the he, whole thing. Without a doubt. With When when uh, when Parker started getting old and Duncan was getting old and Ginobili Nobly. was getting old, he sat him and, and moved around, moved around to, to save their legs as much as he could. So with that season spread out, that's the only thing that kind of concerns me with the whole thing with with Kawhi. You have way less back-to-backs than you ever had to play in your entire life, uh, in the NBA at least. So I don't know that it's the best thing to go and start doing now, which you said, uh, I believe, before the show, they got fined for that, correct? They did. So yesterday the NBA came out when they sat him. They came out and said that's within the rules. They're, they're compliant with the rules. There's you know They're not doing anything wrong because the Clippers said – they 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 listed it as rest slash knee. They 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 gave a body part, you know, and, and that was enough. That was enough, I rest guess. Slash ear. Yeah 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 yeah. He's got a he's got an ear. Um. So that but that was enough within the rules of of you know what the NBA so so far has defined. Uh, which I think they still have a long way to go to figure out how they really want to police this thing. Sure, but that you people know, people are going to get away with it however they want to th- do it. it. They were compliant, and then today Doc Rivers came out and said, "I don't know why, but in the media said, oh yeah, he's totally fine. He feels great. Says he feels as good as he's ever felt. Uh, nothing wrong with him. Uh, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make sure he stays that way, and that's why he didn't play last night." I don't know why he didn't just say, yeah, you know, he, he's still, you know, the knee that got repaired a couple years ago. He's still kind of working back from that and kind of, you know, he could have just made something up totally like that. Totally could have, but he didn't. But I love honesty. Doc doesn't screw up very often. No, he doesn't. You're right. He, Doc he, doesn't, he doesn't screw up in the media very often. He's one of the best coaches with the media that there is. Yeah, and I love the transparency. I love that he, he was honest. He definitely screwed up. <laughs> he got fined $50,000 for it. I he mean, did. he didn't, the team but did. the team yeah. did, yes. Yeah, the Clippers got fined $50,000, which to them is a drop in the bucket, but um, it doesn't 
you know, it, it's still, I, and I'm kind of glad, even though that's not going to do anything, a $50,000 fine no, for, it, a, for a $2 million or $2 billion NBA franchise is not going to mean anything to them. But, sure. uh, but I, but I like that they're trying to do something about it, even though I don't know how hard they're trying by doing that. At the same time, um, the, it, it's, it, it's good that they are putting that fine out there. They need to do that. That's what I mean, yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, because even if it is a drop in the bucket, at least it's saying to somebody else, hey, guys, listen, it's only the fines are only going to go up from here. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll start a little drop in the bucket, but the fines are only going to go up from here. Let's keep these guys on the field, on the court. That's what, on the field. <laughs> on the court, that's what we agreed on a few years ago when we split this schedule up as much as we can. Obviously, this is all coming down to they're going to – I believe, I could be wrong, Eventually, we're going to be looking at a 70-something game season, right? I'm going to drop 10 games off this season. and You could, but I'm not sure that's going to make it. I mean, I still feel like, because it's still a lot of basketball games to play in, in a six-month, five-month span or whatever, but you then why wouldn't you just rest them then? I mean, if you're still going to... If you're still going to have to play a back-to-back at some point, and I, I, we were talking about that too before we started here, he has not. Kawhi Leonard has not played a back-to-back since almost three years ago. Since April of 2017, he has not played a back-to-back. And, and you mentioned um, that he missed most of that season uh, with the Spurs, his last season with the Spurs, uh, due to his injury, his knee that they couldn't get on the same page about right you know the spurs cleared him to go he said nope not not sure not so sure about that and uh they had there was a it does surprise me that he didn't play in any last year that he didn't play he didn't oh play in, in the back to back last year yeah, yeah. That's well surprising. you know he he was coming he came into a new team off of that same knee thing that yeah. that you know he was it was off of that year so they were like, well, you know, he's our knee. He's our superstar. Knee. I mean, yeah. Rest slash knee. Right. Rest, rest slash knee. Ear. So, but he got the rest slash knee all of last year. So this year, I don't think you get the rest slash knee anymore. Well, they're they're telling him that. So <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how this goes in the future this year. Uh, if you'll continue to see him, I I, I wonder when their next back to back is. Yeah, I'm not which, positive, but which we could probably figure out by clicking on their schedule, and I can do that. And they sure. lost to uh, the Bucks, so they didn't have Paul George or uh, or Kawhi Leonard in that game, right? And Giannis is Giannis. It's not even fair when he he made three threes. He hit three threes in hey. a row in that game, and it's already not fair to have to play against Giannis. <laughs> that dude knows how to shoot. All of a sudden, that dude learns how gets an outside shot. He becomes the best player in the in the NBA. No he's question not, about he's it. He's not there yet, but no question about it. When LeBron <laughs> retires, I, I feel like we can give it to him. When LeBron retires in six years after he gets to play a season with his son, That's right. um, it's going to be Giannis's yeah, NBA. Giannis will take over. Um, no, I he I, Kawhi, I probably would I, I would take in front of LeBron right now anyway. But um, so anyway, pretend like I didn't hear that. <laughs> I tried to I tried to sneak it in so you didn't, but um. <laughs> No, I, 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 it is going to be interesting, not just with Kawhi, but with uh, several other guys. And even when, if Steph Curry comes back, well, not if, but when he comes back. Yeah, but all that, everybody, if you're coming back off an injury, then you have an, I mean, you're, it's a built-in excuse. They can't police it that way. 
Yes, but when you are cleared to play, I mean, you can see. But that's the thing. You can always there's that loophole that you can. Oh, it seems so easy. I might I might be overlooking something in whatever rules they have in place, because why wouldn't you just say he's got some discomfort? Sure. He's got some yeah. whatever discomfort. Yeah, yeah, a you little know, tight. His, his hamstring's a little tight. Yeah, he's get his, his nose is sore or whatever. Um, but the it's just you know Steph Curry. So here you go. His his next back to back. His next back to back is uh, so so they play tonight Thursday, then they play Monday, then they play Wednesday and Thursday and next week. It's already next week. So it's next week is his next back is the first back to back he's had he'll have since the one he sat out yesterday so it'll be interesting so we'll, maybe we'll they'll find out real quick maybe they'll sit him the game before the back-to-back so they can play him the back-to-back and this is against two <laughs> this is against two west teams this one they sat him out for the east you know let me and he's playing in the conference game against portland they got the rockets on wednesday and they got the surprisingly good new orleans pelicans on i say surprisingly good where well, they got two wins <laughs> but yeah, they're in more games than than it than it than they uh, people would have thought. Yeah, no, I, I I like the Pelicans, uh, but yeah, that you I mean Houston is uh, as good an opponent as you're going to face this year, and um, and then you have the Pelicans who you know are still without Zion Williamson, of course, but um, have a pretty pretty good roster besides him. So it is uh, uh, we'll we'll find out next week whether he plays in that back to back and. Um, if they sit him again, it's probably going to be another story again, and and we might end up talking about it again. But uh, yeah, we'll find out we'll, next week. We'll find out. On that note, it's time for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast funniest segment of the uh, of the day. <laughs> the comedy segment. That was the funniest way to describe it. I didn't know. I'll say <laughs> so. We uh, we do a little uh, comedy segment. We talk. We watch a stand up. Um, special or and sometimes Adam makes me watch a, I don't know what you want to call a play or Broadway show that's <laughs> supposed to be comedy. Uh, so when, I, when I'm not having to watch one of those two, one of that, then we get to go back to the actual comedy specials, the stand-up comedians getting up, doing their thing. Uh, we've watched, a, uh, well, I don't know, seven or eight of them now. We've been going on a pretty good streak here. Last week, we had Arsenio Hall. Ooh, 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 ooh. <clears throat> now here's the deal though because we didn't play we did not uh nobody nobody has our podcast from last week so nobody knows that we actually did arsenio hall oh that's true man that's i didn't true. think about that until just this moment in time <laughs> good thing so so here's the deal if you like the stand-up special uh that we do the stand-up segment then hit pause on uh, whatever platform that you're watching, whether it's iHeartRadio or iTunes or Spotify or any of the ones that you listen to our podcast through Facebook, uh, you know, we're everywhere, right? If you're watching, if you're listening to it, hit the pause button. If go watch Arsenio Hall's brand new special, which is called Smart and Classy. Smart and Classy, which that turned out to be a great joke by the way <laughs> that turned out to be a great joke and led into almost two pages of my notes that i took on it because <laughs> two I, pages of notes i love it uh i got three total three so go ahead and hit pause because we're going to talk about the special and we'll probably have a couple spoilers out there talk about some of the jokes he had uh and 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 just go over what he did 
And then we'll rate it with our uh, ranking of uh, one to five Haas. Mm-hmm. Adam, I'm letting you go first this week. Uh, let me start by saying that uh, I, you know, I was we were we've talked about this last week, but we were both very excited because we both watched even at a young age um, his uh, his late night talk show mm-hmm. in the '90s. Probably shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have as, as young young children, but <laughs> hey, but it was long. It was on long enough where I think we started getting just old enough to to whatever we were be up like late 10 enough or on when it came yeah. out. So, um, but throughout the '90s, he was a big. I mean, he was a he was a star. He, he was, was a star in the '90s. Doubt. He was a comedian. He was an actor. He is an actor, I should say. Um, from coming to America and a few other things. In fact, they're recording coming to America too now. Yep. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but uh, the uh, so but he had you know his late night talk show was was famous popular, yes. and uh, I loved it. You loved it. He had he had I feel like he had more athletes on than anybody else. Sure, which yes, is part of one hundred percent part of what 100%. I one hundred percent, and and it was more laid back than it was. I mean, you know, you had Johnny Carson and you had well. Uh, at that point in time, it was more David David Letterman and and Jay Leno, but yeah, those guys and 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 I don't want to say it was a, they were stuffy interviews because they're fun and they're more, they were a little laid back as well. But man, when you had an interview, you sat on a couch next to him. There was no desk. He wasn't behind a desk. Mm-hmm. He sat on a couch right next to you, and you know you got things. Uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior coming on there and <laughs> yeah. you know threatening him and throwing stuff around, and you know, it, it was a lot of cool stuff. Uh, some of my favorite, you go. I mean, we were. I loved wrestling back then, and oh, yeah. like Macho Man was on uh, was on his show like three, four times. He was phenomenal. If you ever get a chance, please go on YouTube and look up Randy Macho Man Savage on Arsenio Hall. Best interviews ever. A couple things that I remember specifically about Arsenio Hall uh, about his show, the Arsenio Hall show was the introduction so he had it was like a glass like a giant glass uh thing that came down and had like his logo on it or whatever yeah and he you could see his silhouette behind it yeah and he would like he i think he would stand with his back to the crowd or whatever and uh the announcer would would announce his name and carry out the o in arsenio for a really 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 long time yeah and then, like, right about the exact same time, like, the the glass would, uh, or the curtain or whatever it was, would, would start coming up. And right about the same time, he would go, he would say, Hall from Arsenio. And, and like, and Arsenio Hall would turn around and, yeah, he had the dog pound or whatever. And yep. that was the thing about it. And, and one very specific thing that I remember, he had Minute Bowl on one time. Yeah. And I remember seeing Minute Bowl sit down on his couch. And his his legs and arms were so long, and his hands were so big that he sat down, and his his knees were like up, like almost at his face, because his <laughs> because he was folded in half so much, and he s- like sat his arms across his legs or along his legs, parallel with his legs, yeah. and his hands hung off the end of his knees and it looked like his hands were almost touching the floor that's how the, that stuck with me for all these years that that image in my mind of minute bull sitting on his couch i have got to see that you've got to see it and i'm i probably my mind has probably 
uh, turned it into like a, a, a tall tale or something at this point. But I just remember that for some reason from that show. Anyway, Minute Bull was already one of the weirdest people, weirdest uh, looking, people. Uh, looking people. And his son, how about his boy? Is his boy is his son uh, getting to play at all? He's in he's in Boston, isn't he? Uh, um, that's Taco Fall. Um, oh, that's Taco Fall. My his, bad. Son is, at, his son is his son is somewhere. Was he in college this year? No, I think he no, last year he had one year in college. I think maybe. he was last oh, yeah. year, yeah, yeah. At, uh was it Baylor or Oregon, maybe something like that. Anyway, um so we love the Arsenio Hall show. So this was kind of a cool thing when we saw that he was coming out with a new special. Um and so so my review of it was um number one, I liked it. Um, I, I wasn't really sure because it's been such a long time since I've seen him and I never really, I guess, saw, I mean, of course, saw his monologues and stuff like that. And he joked around on a show, but it had been that long since I had seen him do anything in comedy. So, um, I wasn't exactly sure what to, what to expect. Obviously he's much older now. Um, but he, you know, he still looks good and he, uh, he was funny. He did. Uh, he had a, a bunch of good material. He did a. He did a, a, a good several minutes on the baby toe. Yeah, <laughs> the baby toe the stuff. The baby going toe on. stuff was really good. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed that. I, I laughed out loud when he called himself the Jackie Robinson of Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, uh, I got so many things written down. This is what happens. I write things down, and I don't even remember what I why I wrote it down. He republic republicrat. I don't yeah, trust, yeah, yeah. I don't trust Republic, any of them. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, he said he he said at the beginning he gets confused a lot with Wesley Snipes, <laughs> and he got, and he got upset because he got he got confused with Dennis Rodman. Somebody came up to him and thought he was Dennis Rodman. <laughs> He's good with Wesley Snipes. He signs he signs Wesley's name. Karate kicks some kid in the back of the head or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But but with Dennis Rodman, that was a whole different story. And you know what's funny is I mean I don't think he looks anything like Wesley Snipes or Dennis Rodman, but uh, but with about 10 I'm watching this whole thing with about 10 minutes left I look at him and I'm like yes he does look like Dwight Howard oh for me yeah I do yeah especially with the with the little uh hair he had like yeah, on his chin yeah. and stuff there was just I don't it just struck me right at a certain moment with uh, almost at the end that he just looked That's like funny. Dwight Howard a little bit to me so I really liked. So he he uh, he. It's called what's it called? Keep it classy or what's smart it? and classy. smart and classy. So he says, you know my well, my idol my idol comedian growing up. You know he came up to me one day and he said, you know, you don't have to cuss all the time. You know all that. You can keep it smart and classy and blah blah blah. And I said. Well, I, well, thanks, Mr. Cosby. Yeah. And the whole place goes crazy, and he starts talking about Bill Cosby. So then he gets in. My The best part, though, is he starts talking about Tiger Woods, right? And he's talking about Tiger Woods' DUI. And he says, all he heard was uh, some mumbling on the recording of Tiger Woods talking about pills. And he turned around and told his wife, oh, my God, Bill Cosby raped Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> he's got pudding. He's got pudding on his back. <laughs> oh, what he said in the thing it was so funny. Oh, that was good. That was so. That made me. That made me laugh really hard. And then uh, he went straight from. He went pretty much from that over to OJ. And yeah. the OJ stuff was phenomenal. The I think OJ he did stuff a, was good. Yeah. He did a really good job with OJ. 
uh, Kanye West, the only person that could that could uh, that could take uh, Donald Trump's famous line of grab him in the grab him in the box, <laughs> uh, make it into a song. There's a lot of good stuff, man. How bad was how bad would it be if you flip somebody off? If you're driving around in Florida and somebody cuts you off and you flip them off and you get to you get to a red light and all of a sudden you see. O.J. Simpson was the guy you just flipped <laughs> off. He's getting out of his car, walking at you, putting on a glove. Putting on a glove. <laughs> <laughs> he had some really good stuff in it, man. I, I, it wasn't all. I don't think it was all great. The whole thing, right? But there was some really good, some really good stuff put in there. The O.J. Another O.J. one that I really liked. He said O.J. said he wants to be a preacher. <laughs> O.J. The only thing is, he he's only preaching on the nine, on nine commandments because he he don't know about that tenth one. Oh, <laughs> uh, being fifty and uh, always having to pee, goes to the bathroom, pees every once in a while, he washes his hands, and he's just got to go pee again. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's just an old man joke. So I don't know, man. I got a lot of a lot of good stuff. Oh. Okay, so real quick, another one of my favorite jokes that he had. He was talking about the Washington Redskins, and uh, why don't they just why don't they just take the Redskin off of there? You know, it offends a group of people. Could you imagine? Uh, he was in San Jose, is where he did the special. He's like, could you imagine if you guys came up with a new team and uh, and you guys decided to call them the Light Skin Negroes, <laughs> and, you got, and you got a picture of Drake on the side of the helmet? <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Uh, there was some really good midget jokes in there too. Yeah, uh, that the M word and the N word, and that was, was that yeah. was super good. That's uh, that's at least the second one that we've watched. I think that used the M word, right? Yeah, the M word. Yeah, dropped a midget. Yeah, don't and, try to compare it. <laughs> but still, it seems like I'm still surprised that that comedians are are using it so freely still. It is, I don't they, but comedians are the only ones that can use any word they want as freely as they want to use it. Because, Not all comedians with all words, but yeah. Okay, but for the most <laughs> part, that's the one thing left out there where you can you can socially, economically joke about any social economic background of any kind. So I, I enjoyed it, eating the wings. There's some really good stuff, especially you get about 10, 15 minutes into it, and the next and and it really started picking up and it got pretty good. Yeah. There are some slow parts. Uh, he does bring some jokes around every once in a while that are, that he does a good job. It's not a ton of that. He doesn't. And when he does it, it's real small and short. It's not a. It's not like he's bringing the whole thing started one way and ended it ended back with it, uh, which I kind of enjoy. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the way that special goes. So, overall, what do you got? I think I'm going to give it. I, I, I'm between. Th- Three and three and a half haws. I, I I went with three and a half. Three and a half haws for for Arsenio Hall, and we're gonna I'm gonna I go back. I think we need to. Uh, I'm gonna write everything down. The ones that we've done. Okay. I'm gonna write them down, and then we've hawed a few of them. Uh-huh. I think that's the third one we've officially we did, given yeah. our haws to. We we'll go back hawing them. We'll re we'll re some we'll re some of the early ones. Oh, it's gonna be tough to haw them now. Well, uh, <laughs> saying it like it's a verb. I know. <laughs> That's how you vote on it, man. That's how we rate them. That's how we rate them. So anyway, uh, so next week, this week coming up, have you you looked at anything? Do you got any ideas? I'm going to tell you what. There are a billion people coming out with comedy specials all over Netflix. So do you have anything in mind? 
I, I have a few guys that I was kind of thinking about this week, um, but uh, dial up Netflix there and and see if anybody jumps out at you because I'm I'm willing to do anything. So the new big one they got out right now that they're pushing is uh, Seth Meyers. Lobby baby. Oh right. Yep. Seth Myers just came out with one, and then uh, we've kind of talked about this before, but uh, um, what's the the guy Mo Gilligan? Mm-hmm. They were pushing that really hard when that first came out. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think? So, so, so the guys that I was I was thinking about three people this week. Brian Regan is okay. one. Um, and I, I I've talked I've probably talked about him every week, but um, George Carlin is another one. Yeah. And Red Fox is another one. Oh, man. I don't know. I have talked about Red Fox more in the past, like, two weeks. Have you? Uh, yeah, I just random, randomly have talked about him. Well, is that a, is that a sign, then, that maybe we should man. dial up? See, here's the thing, though. I don't know that I've ever, I've ever listened to a full... Red Fox album all the way through. You can't. We're not going to be able to watch it, right? There's no watching a Red Fox. There's no taped specials. You got to go back, and you got to listen to it. I, there might be something on YouTube that you can find from him doing a stand-up. Uh, I don't even know if it'll be a special. You might just. Get I would a rather clip if you're going to do it. I'd rather get one of his albums and do one that was professionally I'm, produced. I'm a hundred percent up for that. If you want to do Red Fox, or we can, you know, like you said, we can check out the Seth Meyers. We can do. Um, let's take it back, man. George I like Carlin, that. I like it. Let's um, uh, let's uh, red red fox specials, and uh, let's just find one and 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 decide. And, and, and since we're on uh, kind of the older comedians, I, I think what made me think about that was I was starting to think about older comedians. Um, when uh, when uh, John Witherspoon passed away last week, yeah. right. Um, he was the most famously, I guess, the dad on Friday. Gosh, bless you. Thank you. And um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people coming out and putting and and talking about him and doing things uh, John, for him. John Witherspoon was very, very funny in everything he did. He was on. Um, he was the dad also on the, which I never really watched a lot of, but the um, the Wayans Brothers show. Uh, yeah. With Sean and Marlon, yes. I think. Yes. Um, he was the dad on that. Oh, and brothers. Yeah. And we're colored. Give the... me a high five. <laughs> um. So so anyway, John Witherspoon. And what, what was amazing <laughs> is he was he's he was seventy seven or something like that. I yeah. think or something like that. He was still touring all the time, doing stand up shows like at just comedy clubs. Yeah. He came to Cincinnati all the time. Really? He was, st- he was just that. here a few months ago, I think. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I, can't, I, I would always see his name come up, that he's coming, and I'm like, man, that would be so cool to see him, and I never did it, and I should have. I should have pulled the trigger on that one, but I loved him so much. He's the funniest character, in my opinion, in the movie Friday. Oh, without a doubt. He's one of my favorite characters in those, and he does the dad so well. <laughs> so Red Fox, Red Fox was like the dad figure, right, when he played yeah, yeah. in... Uh, um, Lamont was his boy. What was that called? Uh, uh, um, oh my gosh, Stan- Sanford and Son. Sanford. And Son. Uh, anyway, uh, he was forty-eight. He's when he they started that show. He was only forty-eight years old. He was fifty-four when that show ended, and he plays like a seventy-year-old old yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So I think he was gray early. Yes, him yeah. and and uh, what was the guy's name who just died? John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. Both have that. You know, they just had that old person look, no yeah. matter how old they really were. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm up. I'm pumped up for this. So I'm looking here on YouTube. They have a Red Fox HBO comedy special from 1978 that you can actually watch. I want to do that one. Let's do that. Dollar bills. Dollar bills. Dollar bills. I don't know. That's what it says under here. Nice. I'm, uh, so it's a full like hour long. It's it's 46 minutes. So okay. pretty close. They had another Second. one that was an hour, but it looked like somebody. You know, tried to do that one and tried to tape it from a side, from the side while he was standing on. That oh. didn't look as good. But this says Set it was this was from, up in front of the TV. Right, Red Fox <laughs> HBO comedy special from '78. Yeah, that's cool. All right, I'm 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 definitely on board for that one. So I, I, the only real like Red Fox stuff that I've seen or heard really is um, I used to have Sirius XM radio mm-hmm. in one in a car that I previously owned and I had it for a couple years and um there was a comedy there were a couple of them but there was a comedy channel that I listened to a lot and they would just play you know like 5 minute clips or whatever they would just play a bit from uh, you know a stand up special or just you know comics from clubs and stuff like that yeah. and they played Red Fox all the time and I was like man I didn't know how funny he was just doing Dude, like stand up his stand up and it and it, it it goes for years and years you know what i mean like it's it, everything i remember from red fox listening to it when i when i was you know younger not young enough to hear it live obviously what i'm saying you know right, right, from right. from serious stuff like that and it was probably with you in your car yeah, driving somewhere to some game and wherever <laughs> so uh but he everything is hilarious. He's yeah. he's super funny. So I say we take this. Red Fox HBO comedy special, nineteen seventy eight, Kevin Dollar Bills. Oh, that must be the person who put this on. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not called Dollar Bills, but yeah, it's but it looks like it's way. a pretty decent yeah, pretty decent quality. It's the whole thing, forty five minutes. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do Red Fox and uh we'll go from there. We'll figure it out next week. If you guys got anything that you want us to to, to watch or you think we should, um New or old, you're about to say something. I can see it in your face. We will get to Gabriel Iglesias. This is Fluffy at some point, Joe Leonard. Here's the deal, though. We both have seen Fluffy already. I saw it once a long time ago. Yeah. And it, I remember it being pretty funny. So maybe we should we should try to get we back can. to that. Let's we'll we make that within that the next point. within the next month before Christmas. We'll get Gabriel Iglesias. In. That will be what we get Joe Leonard for Christmas. Is we will watch that. That is our. Christmas present. Christmas today. present. We're to gonna Joe. watch that. I want to talk about it on this? Be, I like it. That sounds good. All right, so uh, we'll go from there. And uh, uh, we appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, we are on probably our longest podcast ever, uh, and it's even worse because my computer doesn't work. So Adam has to sit here for another twenty minutes while I upload this <laughs> on the wherever it is. So we appreciate everybody uh, checking us out. We're live on Facebook Live. Every Wednesday at 10.30-ish. Now, this week was Thursday. We're going to have some more of these because I didn't tell you this, but in two weeks I'll be in Columbus. But I think I can call in, so we could probably do a call. I could probably call. We could still do it on Wednesday. We're going to try to do it during the basketball season as much as we can, keep our regular time, keep this thing coming out to you, SoundCloud, uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube, the whole nine yards. We'll be on everything we possibly can. Like, subscribe, help us out. Uh, leave us comments, man. Tell us what you think. I don't care if you tell us it's the worst thing you ever heard. Let us know. Please let us know. Please let us know. Adam, how do people talk to you if they want to get a hold of you on the high, on the, on the high, on the high, on the tweet box? 
on the uh, I was going to say on the iHeartRadio. <laughs> on the iHeartRadio, just dial up Nosebleed Sports Podcast, but on yep. Twitter, uh I am at Adam Schmidt 44. And you are at sickwit uh S I C W H I T T I T. There you go. So, um so yeah, so for Adam Schmidt, I I'm Chris Witt. We'll talk to you next week and don't forget to turn your headlights on. Because that would be a sad thing to do, especially when I forget to pull up the closing out music. (laughs) So enjoy yourself.